How you doing, everybody? The Jet Comic Podcast Network. Welcome to Sports Cars, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Kopic and Lester Munson. How you doing, everybody? Chet Kopic along with uh, ESPN legal expert Lester Munson as we explore the uh, smoke-filled rooms of the games people play. Brought to you by our great friends at American Taxi, Chicago's premier suburban taxi service for you people out in Arlington Heights. Winnetka, Kenilworth, Highland Park, whatever the case may be, always rely on the excellence, the courtesy, and the comfort of American Taxi. All right, uh, Lester, uh, Brett Favre and uh, sexting, it will not go away. Uh, is there any feeling on your part that the girl is trying to run a scam against the uh, Viking quarterback? Chad, I have spent the last two days listening to her personal managers and her agents. She has a management team of three different guys. They are on the make. They want to make her very famous. They will do just about anything to make this young woman into some sort of household word. I am beginning to get a little suspicious about them. There's no, I don't have any factual support, but just the activity and the nature of what they're doing causes me to wonder if this may be not necessarily a hoax, but they're doing it for their own reasons, not because anybody was ever offended by anything. All right. If you're uh, Roger Goodell, given the fact that we can build a very strong case that uh, Brett Favre has been the face of the National Football League for the past two decades, how reticent, how reluctant are you to suspend Brett Favre? Uh, Roger Goodell and his whole crew in New York are going to look for any way to avoid suspending Brett Favre. Just like you say, here's the guy, possibly the greatest player in the history of the league, 70,000 yards, 500 touchdowns. How can they possibly suspend him? It's like the situation that David Stern faced when Michael Jordan was caught gambling with Richard Esquinas on the golf mm-hmm. course. It's another one of these incredible confrontations between commissioner and total superstar, a guy who transcends the league. In Stern's case, he pushed and Jordan retired for a year and a half. Goodell has to be looking at that, and what is he going to learn from that? Take it easy on Brett Favre. Did we as a media fail in reporting the retirement of Michael Jordan? Given the fact that we bought the uh, story that Michael was going to be a, a baseball player, went to work for uh, the Birmingham Barons, bought the team bus. I mean, we fell for it, as it uh, appears to me, hook, line, and sinker. I'll never forget that line at Michael Jordan's press conference last year when he was asked, you know, would you come back? And Michael's reply was, well, if Commissioner Stern will have me, and absolutely nobody, nobody jumped on that line. The, we did a very bad job covering that story. There is no question. I spent three days with Richard Esquinas. He's the golf hustler that mm-hmm. nicked Michael for a million, one million four hundred thousand dollars. Esquinas explained to me how they played, with whom they played, how he ran up this debt, and then he explained to me how Michael Jordan was ducking all of his attempts to pay what he lost on the golf course. And it's just what Stern did not want to hear. They had had a previous problem, remember that, with Jordan before right. in a gambling situation. Now we have Eskinas. He publishes the book all about Michael Jordan and me playing golf. And I think we in the media missed it. It was because of the incredible star power of Michael Jordan. It was very difficult for reporters and editors 
to come along and say we are going to do a super negative investigative expose of Michael Jordan. I don't think we in the media had what it took to do that. Lastly, my first reaction is this. To blow $1.4 million over three days playing golf, you have to set a world record for missing two-foot putts. Listen, <laughs> the, the Michael Jordan on the golf course is something to behold. Most guys who are hustling on the golf course, they say, well, you know, I haven't played much. Yeah. My short game is no good. You got to give me strokes. He takes a different approach. He says, I'm going to kick your ass. You're, I'm, I'm giving you strokes, Richard. And then they play and they play. At the end of the day, it was so late, it was getting dark, and the sprinklers were watering the fairways. They had to duck through the water <laughs> to finish the match so that he could lose a million four. You know, Lester, that reminds me of a guy I knew uh, out in Las Vegas, still know him very, very well. His name is uh, Hollis Barnhart. He was uh, raised in Las Vegas, played golf for the uh, UNLV golf team, oh. recognized at the age of about 21 that while he was good, he could never be a PGA uh, player. So he became a professional gambler. He plays cards, and he plays in games with uh, Johnny Chan and Doyle Brunson, where you've got to have $30,000, $40,000 just to get in the game. And on the side, he hustles golf. And he has a rather unique approach that perhaps Michael Jordan could learn from. He would go out to golf courses and hit the ball right-handed. He's a- well, he scratched right-handed, and he would uh, try to hustle uh, wealthy uh, individuals in from uh, preferably foreign countries, Tokyo being his uh, his prime target. And he'd say, tell you what, let's play a nice, casual, friendly game for four or 500 bucks. No presses until the 15th hole. And if the guy would balk, Hollis would say, all right, I'll tell you what. I'll play you left-handed. Left-handed, he was a one. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole world of those guys out there. Michael Jordan met a lot of them. Remember the other guy, Slim Buhler oh, was yeah. his name. Absolutely. He was the absolute epitome of the golfer. He had his name on the bag, and he was the purest of hustlers. He nicked Michael for $300,000. I would love to see a, a match with Richard Esquinas, Slim Buhler, and maybe Ray Floyd and Lee Trevino. Those would be the four <laughs> best hustlers that I know about. Hey, my friend, uh, back to uh, Brett Favre for a moment. Were you surprised, as I was, that uh, ESPN, and I'm sure they uh, contacted the league about this, went ahead and ran Brett Favre's commercial for Levi's Monday night during the uh, uh, Vikings-Jets game? I, I was not surprised. I know that there was corporate decision-making on that. That is done at a level radically different from where I work at ESPN. The ESPN in this situation faces a lot of very tricky decisions. After Deadspin did the story, the original story, it took us 10 days to decide we're going to go with this, and that was only when the NFL said we're going to investigate. We, we, along with other mainstream media, were staying away from the story, probably to our detriment in the early days of it developing. Let's be hypothetical. Suppose Roger Goodell determines that he's – going to suspend Brett Favre for uh, a violation of NFL conduct policy for a window of four ball games. Theoretically, there have been no charges brought forth against uh, Brett Favre. Couldn't Brett Favre immediately go into court with his attorney and ask for uh, uh, a TRO based on the fact that there is no uh, uh, criminal intent? He could easily do that. He may actually do that. I would guess that... Goodell is not going to go to that many games. Roethlisberger got four games for a horrible evening Mm -hmm. in Milledgeville, Georgia. All sorts of misbehavior. This 
you can look at it in a certain way. Okay, they're texting. They're trying to be funny, perhaps. It, it's not as sinister. It's not as menacing. There's no violence. There's no physical assault involved. I can see it being a fine or a one-game or a two-game suspension, and then Favre would probably accept it and go to and come back and play. Would you be surprised right now if you were to find out that uh, Favre's people have already offered this babe maybe a quarter of a million bucks to shut up? I'm sure that they're trying to get her to shut up, um, and it might work, but if Goodell wants to play rough, and I don't think he does, but if he did want to get tough with Favre, he can call Favre in and make Favre talk about the confidentiality clause in one of those agreements. He could never get the girl to do it, mm-hmm. but he could certainly force Favre to do it. And he may, he may even decide that doing that deal is yet another bit of misconduct by Favre, trying to cover up something that he already did. Lester, uh, recently uh, the legendary Long Island Lolita, Amy Fisher, was dancing at the Admiral Theater. Why do I have this feeling that five years from now this babe involved with Brett Favre is going to be dancing at the Admiral Theater? That may be exactly where she ends up. Right now she has delusions of grandeur. She canceled a, uh, an appearance here in Chicago at the Bull and Bear up on uh, Well Street, she probably thinks she's going to draw big money now because of this notoriety. We shall see. My friend, uh, I recall a time when uh, Steve Zucker represented about uh, 25 Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. I recall a time when uh, agents, the prominent agents like Lee Steinberg, were getting 8% of uh, players' gross income. Uh, now, uh, via the NFLPA, agents are limited to uh, 3% on player contracts. Given the dog-eat-dog world where a player's uh, – uh, word is virtually worthless, virtually worthless. Why would anybody want to be an agent? I cannot imagine anybody wanting to be an agent. If you look just at the National Football League, the union has certified 4,000 agents. There are oh approximately 1,500 players. You can see the problem. And even a guy like Eugene Parker or Drew Rosenhaus, who do great jobs for a fantastic number of players, they have to spend a third of their time telling the player what this would-be agent has told you is totally false, stay with me. The biggest job the agent has is keeping the client, keeping the client under control and persuading the client that the agent is doing a good job. It's a real cutthroat business. I have always questioned just how good Drew Rosenhaus would be had he not gone to Miami and integrated himself with the Miami community, the football team, the coaches, and I think anyone who thinks it over the years that Drew hasn't played ball with coaches and with players, is uh, so naive that they think uh, uh, Bugs Bunny is on the square. The uh, the key to Drew Rosenhaus' success, like any agent's success, is you've got to sign up the player. You have to get them under control when they're a sophomore or a junior, and you have to persuade them that this is the place that you must go. And most agents will do whatever it takes to accomplish that goal. They have to do it without getting caught. We've just had the piece in Sports Illustrated where the guy explained how he paid so many players. Um, it, it's really, you're, if you're in that business, you're always on the edge of misconduct because of the rules and how you must violate the rules to survive. You know, uh, when you and I spoke uh, seven days ago, I suggested that I thought uh, in 2011 with uh, the war going on right now between the club owners and the players and the owners indicating that absolutely no progress whatsoever has been made, which uh, with some unions is generally a sign that uh, you're very, very close to the finish line. Right now, they are nowhere close to the finish line. I have upped the ante. I've gone from five games 
I believe the NFL schedule will be chopped seven games in 2011. Seven games would probably be just about the limit. Could they start a season with game number eight or game number nine, or would they cancel the entire season? If we look back at the National Hockey League, which lost the 2004-2005 season, Bettman, the commissioner, did not cancel until late in February, so he waited Mm -hmm. until half the games were over. But I agree with you. The lockout is a certainty. Both sides are not re- – they're showing up for negotiations. That's 10% of their time. They're spending 90% of their time getting ready for the lockout. The players are going to meetings. They are educating themselves. Here's what we're going to have to do. The owners are trying to maintain some sort of solidarity as they try to break this union, and it's going to be a real battle. You know, one thing the National Football League holds, one trump card – Obviously, they'll never admit it. Obviously, they can't admit it. To them, it's the ultimate anathema. It's, uh, it's an infamnia, to use the Italian expression. <laughs> Lester, if the National Football League loses the entire 2011 season, they come back just as strong in 2012 for one reason. People will still gamble on professional football. Uh, and you're right. They will never talk about it. But the moment the season opens... Those things will go up on those boards in Las Vegas. People will start making their bets. You're right. They've got gambling, and they've got television, and that's going to bring them right back a lot faster than hockey ever came back. I've always maintained, forget about TV spots, the greatest advertising for the National Football League is to be able to go online to VegasInsider.com or the Hilton.com or the Bellagio.com or go to uh, uh, your local newspaper and check the Glance Culver line. That That's the greatest form of advertising yeah. the National Football League has. That and fantasy football produce energy that was never that's not present in any other sport. Nobody bets on hockey. You got to be nuts to bet on baseball. You're right. That that is a major factor in the success of the National Football League. All right, my friend. Uh, let me give you a wrap up. Uh, where is the Brett Favre story in four weeks? In four weeks, I think we will find out that Goodell has looked it over. He has decided that there's some accuracy in the young woman's allegations, and my guess is Favre gets suspended one game. It's a guess. Which, that one game, you know there are people who will never forgive him. Oh, uh, there's no question about it. it. It would be a very gutsy move by Goodell. On Madison Avenue, he is thus DOA yep. with one game. Yep. Well, you go back to Kiln and you hop on the tractor and Cut play, the touch, play touch football. With the high school guys. <laughs> he is Lester Munson. I'm Chad Gabbick. This has been Sports Court. Thank you for joining us. Sports Court, of course, brought to you by my good friend John Coyne and the marvelous people at American Taxi. Once again, Chicago's uh, ultimate suburban taxi service. When you're out in the suburbs and you need that ride to O'Hare Field or Midway, or maybe you're coming downtown for uh, dinner, for an evening, whatever the case may be, you can always count on the courtesy, comfort, and first-class treatment you're going to receive from American Taxi. We'll catch you in seven days. So long, everybody.